podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of the Coppin Frackers. What is up, everybody? You are now locked into the latest episode of the most must-listen Liverpool FC podcast on the streets. You are, of course, locked into Cop and Fracas, brought to you by the fantastic team at Touchline Media Group. I'm your host for this week, Chris, for part one. We're going to delve into my co-host for today, uh, Mr. Fahi, who will be asking us various questions about the Carabao Cup final as we keep going along. Shout out to Mark there, who is also on the pod. There's going to be a lot of bowing going on. And of course, wow! we're going to die. There he goes, man. There he goes. There's going to be a lot of bowing coming on. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a real bow session that's going to be going down. Uh, I'm also joined by Yak as well. Um, let's just kick let's kick off before we start plugging patrons and whatnot. How are you guys feeling after what was a slog of a game on Sunday that ultimately came out in a sweet sweet you know like the nwo too sweet it was too sweet so how are you all feeling jesse i mean yeah hold that you pussy old yes bow 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 nah man you not even deserve to beat us if i'm honest jen if i be objective about you not deserve to beat us but Mm. the history books are gonna say you got dunked on in wembley on pens, I kept a skied one. Your supreme shot stopper of a keeper skied it. He was, he was kicking it for a try. Like, that was American football shit. But boy, well, rugby. Yeah, man did think he was a Twickenham. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> but yeah, man, I love it. I know for a fact Babs is listening. So, Babs, you got to hold you it. Like it. I love it, baby. Yeah. Slam the whole car gay. Rest in piss. Okay. Um... <laughs> Well, I've been on. I've been on to you for a minute, man. I've been on to you for a minute, so you know you have to hold that one and hold that one and let it burn in deep. Yak, brother, your first, um, your first, first trophy being on Cop End. Um, as a film, man, talk us through the elation. Yeah, like <clears throat> at Wembley. So we technically went to Chelsea's area and pissed on them, laughed at their national anthem. And do you know what I mean? Just let let we didn't even have to beat them. We just let them embarrass themselves in the end. So even sweeter, they can't turn around and be like, "Oh, do you know what? It was just a salabanger. What can you do about that?" It's none of that. It was their own fault, and they haven't stopped crying about it. So I feel so good, so good. Yeah, there's something really sweet about games where the opposition should have technically won based off the chances mm-hmm. they had, and you know, like when it kind of feels like a robbery. 
Yeah. And not to say it was a robbery because we have some great chances as well, but Chelsea created some fantastic, fantastic chances. And obviously we're going to get into that, but it's just so much sweeter when, you know, they were so close to winning and, you know, even more sweeter when it's a cup final, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, it's a fucking nothing cup, by the way. I still don't rate it. I'll call it the Calypso yeah. Cup. But but just to get it over Chelsea, it just makes me happy, man. I love it. And it's, it's what we always talk about. I mean, what we've been kind of discussing for the past few weeks. This, If, if you take very much the Jose Mourinho method in this competition, it's, it's, a, it's a cup that you win that breeds even more success down the line in the season. And with the targets this Liverpool team do have for the remainder of the campaign, it can only be a benefit going forward to, to, to motivate the boys even further to keep that sweet taste of silverware on the mind as we keep going through. Um, before we do get into the pod, um, if you want to hear the instant post-mass reaction to that final, including a little bit of a segment from myself and my dad from the ground, which was a... Uh, which is quite funny. Um, head over to the Patreon page today. Uh, just from £3 a month, you get access to that show and a whole host of more stuff. I think we've got five or six shows coming out this week, which is absolutely insane. One for every day of the week. There's just so much going on in the world of LFC and we have it all covered in typical Carpen Fracas style. So head over to the Patreon page. That is www.patreon.com forward slash Carpen Fracas. It should be in the link of the bio of this part, so click over and subscribe from just £3 a month today. We massively appreciate it, and you'll massively appreciate it too when you see all of the weird and wonderful content that is on there. Um, what were you all thinking as soon as, you know, right before kickoff, you see Thiago in tears. I-, I missed this bit because I was running a little bit late, but you see him in tears on the bench. He has to go up, he withdraws from the squad. And you're seeing that Naby Kaiser's in the lineup. Well, talk, talk me through what you were all feeling there. Because Hold that. Hold that. That's what I was thinking. Because that's <laughs> the only thing I could do to take my mind away from the fact of what was actually going to happen on the pitch. I thought, you know what? Automatic, you got to hold it, Thiago. Make a few laughs and stuff. But in reality, I was heartbroken, man. I'll be honest. The moment I saw, and the moment I heard it on Sky News, I got my phone and I turned it upside down. I left on the sofa. I knew the group chat was going to go mad. I knew everyone was going to go crazy. I was like, I'm not looking on Twitter. I'm not looking on WhatsApp. I can't deal with more Tiago slander slash, you know, everyone being upset and scared for the game and all this stuff. I was like, fuck's sake. Um, yeah, I, my heart kind of sank slowly. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, not again. Like, you're taking the piss. What could have happened? Guys, what were you all thinking as well? <laughs> um, I was waiting on Yak to go first, but yeah, I'll go in it. So, um, I won't lie, I wasn't joking around as much in it. I think I was quite late to that news. I was just out and about and I couldn't get onto. Well, I was just doing stuff in and around the house and I couldn't get to the group chat straight away. So, I found out the news quite late and I was heartbroken. I won't lie. Heartbroken for Thiago to begin with and then heartbroken for Liverpool because Thiago's our controller, isn't it? I just knew there would mm-hmm. be no control in the midfield for the rest of the whole game. Like, Naby's my boy, and I've been having hate and propaganda for ages. Like, I've been backing the boy to, from here to Timbuktu. But he's not Thiago, in it? Thiago, when he is on the pitch, he brings a lot of composure. And the couple with that, they started Kovacic, who I thought was going to be injured. They also started Mount. And one of the things that I mentioned on Twitter was, one of the ways they could really, really hurt us 
is starting mounting that front three and getting him to drop in and overload in that midfield area because Kovacic and Kante in themselves operate as well as three players playing within there. Like, they're amazing players, isn't it? So if you get Mount in there as well and his industry and his work rate, all the things that he's fabled for, it tends to give us a little bit of a problem and we've seen that a few times when we've played Chelsea. Um, so I thought, you know what, we're going to struggle a bit here and I'll be happy to get anything out of the game. To be honest, when Thiago was there, I was so confident. I put four different bets on. I put 3-0 Liverpool, 4-0 no Liverpool, 1-1 Liverpool. What a cheeky, it wasn't crazy, it was just a little cheeky bet on each. And I thought, you know, we're going to slap them. As soon as Thiago went off, I was thinking to cash out, and I probably should have. I should have just cancelled all the bets. But it is what it is. And fortunately, we were quite okay in midfield without him. But hopefully he comes back into the side real soon because he'll be needed for the title running. And I want to see him fit and firing when we do lift the trophy. Had to sneak that in there still. <laughs> Yeah, the, I've got. I've got to say the reason why I didn't say anything is because, like, I, I don't want to come across as that sort of guy. But when I know that when I found out that Naby was starting ahead of him, I was kind of happy. <laughs> not, oh, not because I think he's better than Thiago. Let's not start that. Like he's, he's not Thiago, but because he's my guy, I was kind of like, yeah, go on, Naby lad. Yeah, I'm actually president of this Nabi fan club, you know. I might just be a co-founder. I don't you think I'm really... You might have to resign in disgrace at this point and let Nabi take over. That's why I didn't speak. I didn't, I didn't want to say it, but... If I speak, I, quietly I have a very big trouble. This guy is sick. Bloody hell. Chris, how did you feel about the news? Well, I'm walking up to the ground when they found out. I was I was walking up the stairs and I got the alert I got the the, the dreaded Paul Joyce alert on my phone. And he said, um, oh, Tiago Alcantara, you know, uh, was pulled up with something in the warm up. And I feel like everyone else kind of got it like a minute later, and it was just like a collective like, for for fuck's sake, um, just going <laughs> just going around. I think I mean I think we all knew, and you know the the track record in the past two games against Chelsea before the final has been. Very much a midfield battle. Uh, you know, you saw how well Kovacic played in the in the two to at Stamford Bridge. Kante always plays a good game against them. So, you, you what you need you needed more um, controllers in that midfield, like Mark said, uh, and you needed less headers and volleys in, in there as well. But granted, uh, I thought the the, you know, um, the president of the headers and volley society actually had a very good game. I was surprised yeah, he came off as early. Yeah, he was good. He was good, man. I'm surprised he came off as early as he did because I was. Yeah. So obviously, when Milner came, I was thinking a bit early, but um, yeah, it was just it was just one of those games, man. Um, but yeah, I think all 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 things considered, I actually thought Naby, kind of thinking about it on reflection as well. You going in there with a specific game plan with Thiago in mind to throw Naby in with ten minutes, you have to change everything around, change the setup of the midfield. Uh, you've got to give him different tactical instruction. So it was very noticeable that he did struggle kind of first ten fifteen um, of the first half, but. I actually thought he grew into it quite well. Uh, he had a really good um, battle with Kante, who I was quite surprised. I don't think he had the, the best of games um, there. I thought it was Kovacic was absolutely running the show. He, he's, he's, he's been something else this season, boy. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I think all things considered, it was quite a you know sturdy, nabby performance that he, he grew into. And it was quite noticeable when he came off. We lost a bit more of that control within the midfield too. 
Yeah, yeah. And I'd like to say, like, you know, even in in the cop end um group, people have been kind of questioning Naby's performance. I'm like, it's it's quite unfair to be to mm. be honest. Number one, he had about 15 minutes notice to start. He you're obviously not going to change the team's tactics now because everyone's already been set up for what they're supposed to be doing. And he's basically filling in for Thiago um, where possible. So what you can get from Naby when he needs to come in as a stand-in is a solid performance where he can just follow instruction. Now, obviously, physically and all this kind of stuff, there are question marks around him. But that's the same with Thiago, um, if you're kind of looking at it. The main thing that he did, which is really good, which I thought was kind of be a nuisance in front of Kante and kind of disrupt his game. And I, I think that was one of the instructions they would have given Naby, like, you know, get in front of Kante as much as possible, disrupt him, because obviously usually his energy is what kind of screws us in midfield. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was happy with what Naby gave us. Like, like you've already said, first 15, 20 minutes, I'd say, he wasn't great, but he grew into the game and he settled things down. He settled things down. And, um, yeah, I, it, 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 it was an absolutely fine performance. Um, based on the circumstances, it's the thing as well. I think you know when we're having that kind of slow ten fifteen. But what, you know when when you watch the players warm up and you see the intensity, um, the way the the way the starting eleven warms up compared to the substitute bench is completely different. It's a completely different tempo, different rhythm. So that obviously has to play a big part in it too. So yeah, I think it's only you know fair that we kind of give him better for the doubt for those those ten fifteen as well. And and yeah, no one's saying that you know he had a. 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10 performance. I think he was a solid kind of 6 out of 10 for, for the entire process. But um, that's all he need to be, realistically. Specifically for that left-hand side as well. Yeah, I think it's just our, our fan base, they just look into things way too much, man. It's like, oh, he's lost his pace. Oh, he doesn't look like he's as nimble as he used to be. It's like, no, that's not the case. I think he was just following instruction. A lot of what's been going on in the midfield in the past month has been via instruction. You've seen how Henderson's completely calmed down the way he plays as well, which I'm sure we'll get into again. That is by instruction. That's not just randomly a light bulb moment in his head that, oh, I need to stop fucking volleying at 50 yards across the pitch. (laughs) I I, I always love how visibly frustrated you get when you have your your mate to retort about the hills of volley. (laughs) I'm frustrated because it never works. Like, I've just been there for too long, man. But yeah, it's just, uh, I think our midfield have been told to kind of just simplify their game a bit. And it's it's working um, well, and it has been recently. I had a question for Yak actually as well. Um, obviously, you've, you've now take, you've now usurped um, and overtaken Mark as president of the Nabi Fight Nabi and Prakash fan club. That was a mouthful. Pause. Um, <laughs> do, 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 yeah, I know, I know. Especially after what happened at the barbershop earlier as well. Um, did you think? Oh this, no, this, this that new... sounds a bit mad. You need to you need to clarify what you're saying here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. what happened at the barbershop, Cruz? Yeah, yeah I, I'm not at one of you know when you see oh what is it the, oh, what's what's that one thing that guy says in that um in that TikTok video where he's going why are you going on with this homosexual rigmarole it was nothing um <laughs> it, it was it, it was it was nothing like that um uh, and finally you know if you've watched the the visuals of Copland you know that you know I have, I have quite long hair got a bit of a clean up today uh, first trip to the barber shop in a while. Um, and the barber was kind of recommending this restaurant uh, in Wolverhampton. And then he said to me, do you like meat? To which I immediately went, whoa, whoa, pause, brother, pause. Stop the, stop the haircut right there. And, you know, made him realize that, you know, 
You can't be saying them things around here. You can't be saying them things around here. You know what I mean? <laughs> I had to hit him with, had to hit him with a pause real quick, and then we could the reconvene the haircut. You know what I mean? That's for a ten pound discount as well. So he's one of them ones. Um, but yeah, yeah. Back on back back to how much you pay for your trips to get a ten pound discount on the trip. Uh, let's not go there, innit? Let's let's not go there. Right, Bro, the man's hair reaches the fucking middle of his back, man. Like, <laughs> he ain't paying twenty pound like the re- twenty twenty five pound like the rest of us. No, it's only twenty eight. Okay, okay, that's not bad. That's yeah, it was 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 wasn't too bad, you know. You know, if my accountant's watching, we we need to lower that one down a bit. You know what I mean for the uh, for the expense books. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, as the new uh, president of the uh, Nabi fight, Nabi Kaita Copper and Fracas fan club. There we go. Um, do you think this new way of playing for him can give him a bit more of a longer-term place within the Liverpool squad for the foreseeable future as well? Yeah, I think a good way to look at it is that he's not Thiago. Thiago is the best in that position um, just because Kater's not as good as Thiago at what Thiago does. It doesn't mean that he can't have a specific role doesn't mean that we can have a way we can't have a way of playing with him in the team that means we win um and yeah i think like not uh, en- enough can't be said about how crazy it must be to come up against Kovacic and Kanté without warming up properly like we all know how mad it is on a saturday or sunday league like can you imagine coming up against players like that and not being mentally like prepared for it it's crazy um but yeah, I think a good a good example of how he can play that game was the Burnley one earlier in the season where he kind of almost, it looked like Genie was still playing the way that he was playing. Um, he wasn't trying to do too much. Um, it was sort of like, keep it simple, just make sure that we get the control of the midfield back, things like that. And it's, it's hard to um, sort of like Hendo playing the six instead of Fabinho. Never going to be anywhere near as good as that. But yeah. for a lot of games in a season, we're not playing Chelsea in the cup final and that's fine. And a, a, a seven out of 10 every week is perfectly okay with the players that we've got in our team. Um, so yeah, he doesn't need to be this like box to box, 10 magician, crazy, uh, amazing at everything kind of guy that we initially thought he was going to be. He can kind of be this like, keep it easy, mark the, the opposition player out of the game, do the simple things right, might, might score a banger, which he nearly did, to be fair. It's a good save from Mendy before the um, Mane chance. So, yeah, I, I was I was pretty happy with it. But like you said, no 8 out of 10, no 9 out of 10, but it was good enough. And you can't you can't moan about that. I think there were some bad performances at the weekend, and it? I don't think Naby was one of them. Oh, interesting. All right, go on, hit me, Yak. Yeah. Where did you have a bad performance? I thought Salah. Okay. Yeah. I, thought, I thought Salah was... Quite poor. I thought Trent was really good defensively. Quite but poor poor, going poor, forward. poor in poor in, what what was Salah poor at? Is it the lack of impact? Because I, I you can't then say a player's poor because of a lack of impact. Did you see something from him to make you think he was poor? I think you I can say someone's poor for a lack of impact though. I think if you're one of the best player if I let me say if the best player in the world at this moment mm-hmm. in time and you're not making yeah, an impact fair. in the game, you're not taking the game by the scruff of your neck. You're being held to the standards of being the best player in the world at this time. And you played poorly according to your standards. Obviously, mm. contrast to everybody else's standards. So if we're talking about a, I don't know, a Jacob Murphy or someone like that. No, he didn't play poorly. But we're talking about Salah, isn't it? We're talking about... Yeah. Yeah. 
we he played poorly according to what we normally get to see from Mo Salah. Yeah, I think I think Havertz and Salah swap bodies at the start of the game. Havertz seemed to have an impact. Yo, Havertz Salah seemed to go now. missing. Havertz I thought, yeah, I thought, really um, I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought Havertz, Havertz looked like, do you know what I mean? He wasn't like crazy. I, 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 honestly, I think Diaz was the best player on the pitch. Like the the the, the how he got everyone up and like it was every time he got the ball, you thought something was gonna happen. And Salah and and Mane tried a lot, got in good positions, harried the defense, didn't play particularly well, but Salah was just missing for for chunks of the game, and that's not very Salah like, if you know what I mean. Okay, so so Salah and you said Trent as well, right? Yeah, defensively, I thought he was really good, but at what again, similar to Salah, at what Trent normally does, it wasn't quite. Like we weren't, we didn't play like Liverpool at the weekend, if you know what I mean. And that's because our main cogs weren't quite. They were playing differently, and I think you could really feel that because we 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 had a more chance chances statistically. We didn't have the better chances. We had more of the ball, but we didn't use the ball better. Um, so I think if you if you take the stats out of it, when you just watch the game, I feel like um Chelsea just looked a lot more sharp than us, and I think. The, the bit part players in our team played all right. It was the main guys that didn't quite do what they normally do. And that's what meant that we didn't like dominate, if you know what I mean. So I if, if, other than Van Dijk, I think Van Dijk was quite... Yeah, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. ...players in the match on Sunday. And I heard a lot of Van Delegate noise on the pod, yeah, and I don't know what they yeah, were. I didn't get they that. Were I didn't get that. Them. Listen, listen, listen. I was listening. That, that pod was nasty, by the way, because they were looking for any. They were looking for any grub, <laughs> any yeah, morsel. They were, they were hungry. They were hungry. They were. They were starving, man. But you know, yeah, we got I two mean, words I for mean, them. There's Man U fans and the Chelsea fan on there. Of course, they're starving. Their boys yeah, are famished. Yeah, yeah. They, they were starving, man. Yeah, I just. Uh, I, mean, I, found yeah, it, I, right. I thought. I think the Trent. Think thinking thinking back about it now. I think the the, the Trent offensively uh, being poor thing was a bit. It's a little bit overblown, but I get I it because it's not. You don't. I think it is. I, I agree. Oh, you think you. it is? Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. I think because um, the best chance that we have of the match is the one where Salah's through and he basically goes for the dink instead of trying to trying to place it, um, and that ball comes from Trent. Um, and I think he, he, you know he, he had a lot more kind of key passes and big chances created throughout the game, so I thought he actually played fairly well. But from instruction, he had to be a little bit more withdrawn just simply because of how Chelsea were looking for that ball consistently over the top in transition every single time. That's that, And that's, that's the only caveat yeah. you've got to give to it, to be fair. but um, He was so no, alert man. to that as well. You've got to say he was so alert to that ball over the top. Like he was, Bro, he was every, every single it. time he, he was he was there, he was on it. And it was just, it was, it was great to see him. Rarely got beat as well, which was good. Yeah, I have yeah. got to say as well. To be fair to Trent, that chance that he, um, that ball we put in for Mane when it hit Mane in the face when he tried to hit that was a ball. Look how central like, he was. Oh, the header. Oh. Yeah. That up. pass was unbelievable. Look Trent was. that. I couldn't believe it. How do you even unbelievable? It's, it's it's mad. I, yeah, but yeah, uh, again, I'm, I'm glad you kind of said that about Trent in the sense of. Um, 
it, it kind of being overstated about his attacking game um, on Sunday because I was going to come up with a counter-argument and it's not to say that I'm correct. Um, it's just something that I think is fair to discuss. Um, obviously, the right side wasn't as influential as usual, but as we did notice, I think a lot of the play did come down the left-hand side. So mm -hmm. could that be by design or could that just be because the right side weren't on form? What do you guys think? I think it was by design because I don't think um, the the amount of times I can remember Robertson and Diaz combining on the left uh, that just wouldn't happen by accident. Like we're such a machine as a team, I think yeah. every pattern you see from us is deliberate. Like in general, if that makes so sense. So if that's the case, then that, and that's that's what I said about the Salah Paul shout. If if it's by design that we were down the left, and then now you you guys are saying that. Salah was poor because nothing was really happening by him. Is that a fair shout? Because if it's by design that a lot of the play was down the left and he wasn't on the left-hand side... No, I hear that, yeah. Arms? That makes sense. No, you make sense. It does make sense. Um, Rudiger is more of an aggressive defender and Salah tends to not get changed out of a back five where the left-back, so the left-wing back is okay athletically but the left centre-back is a problem. And we've seen that in, if you can remember, there was a Manu game that ended up a 0-0. I think Firmino came off injured. Um, Mourinho played sure in the left centre-back position. I think Brandon Williams just outside him. Salah struggled the whole game. And ever since then, I've been noticing anytime it's a back five and the left centre-back is quite physically imposing, Salah tends to struggle because you need to beat the left wing back and then you need to beat the left centre back. And that's two players that you need to take out of the game. With the way Trent was set up as well, um, he basically wasn't overlapping. He was sitting inside and that meant Salah had no hope. So he'll get doubled up on. He has no other option than to come inside and try and pass it to Henderson or try and make something happen with Mane in the middle. And again, Mane isn't Firmino in terms of picking up their spaces. His touch is a bit heavy sometimes, so it's not going to be the best trying to fire it into Mane in those positions, trying to get him to hold it up and feed it off, because that's not his game. Um, so I think when you also take into consideration that Chalabar hasn't played in seven or eight games, and you have Aspilicueta on that side, Aspilicueta on that side, sorry, um, who are not as athletically gifted as Alonso respectively compared to Aspilicueta and Rudiger in terms of Chalabar, you put Luis Diaz, who is hungry, is exciting, and Mane up against them two and just tell them not switch. Like, I saw ball on them two, do what you can. And throughout the whole game, I feel like Diaz was our most dangerous player. For me, I saw a lot of... So I had a little discourse of Meads on the TL about... I saw, yeah. Chalabar is... Chalabar had a good game, yeah. For me... If your opposite number is the most dangerous player on the pitch, you can't have had a good game. That that's how simple it is to me. You can't have had that good a game if, first of all, he gets through. Even if he doesn't beat you all the time, if he's always looking dangerous every single time on the ball, you're backing up into the box. There's a big issue. You're letting him go through through one on one on goal twice where he probably should score because he needs to finish better, but they were good saves for Mendy because Mendy is a good keeper. I'll give you like that. Yeah, you can't tell me that Chalibur had an amazing game, has handled him, has locked him down. No, 
That yeah, but what did he say? Did he say amazing though? Because I don't he think he. And again, I don't defend Meads ever. So um, he said yeah. handled, and the handled word is the issue. So obviously yeah. we had our little thing about Aaron's in the chat, and we could allow on that if we really want to. But personally, I think Max Aaron's had a better first half than Chalaba did. Agreed. Boy. Saying that saying that Chalaba handled Diaz is is yeah. lying of yeah, 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 yeah. I, I he he got cooked. He got <laughs> cooked. <laughs> handled is the wrong word, but he did limit the damage. He he yeah. was enough of a defensive nuisance to impact Diaz's final output, if that makes sense. So so this, again, this is the thing though, because there's so many times where Diaz got in, but I feel like it was just the crowding of the Chelsea players, not yeah, Chalaba did specifically to kind of stop him from from doing that. And yeah, um, I mean, we all saw what he did to Reese James. I mean, Michael yeah. Jackson yeah. twist up oh, the waist. Reece James. Um, Reece James, please. Yeah, we we also what happened happened there. Um, oh, you know, yeah, you know, was... yeah, the way I was applauding, I was like, yes, I needed <laughs> I needed to clean my life. I don't know. I, I, I was in the I was in the stands like this, like it was church. I was like, "Yes, preach it, yes." This is why I needed. I needed that clip. Now I've got it for life, man. I, I can run it back. <laughs> I can run it back whenever for any agenda. I'll run it back. But um, I love that. Go on, yeah, go on. I was going to say I just love that everybody in the UK that day watched Reese James get spun and watched the Trent defensive masterclass so nobody can chat it's now so because true, they've it? seen it <laughs> and we know they've seen it this season I love it man yeah yeah we know they've seen it it was a masterclass from Trent you know it's just never going to happen it was a solid performance from Trent defensively and he's never going to get the plaudits from it from rivals and that's fine as long as we praise him on our platforms and you know as a fan base we can recognize what he's doing that's all that really matters, man. Um, yeah. So, all right. Let, let, let's go back into the first half. Mark, overall, first half, what were your thoughts of the of, of our approach um, of the first 15 and then the final third of that, or final two thirds of that first half? Way. Our approach to begin with, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that approach was. We were getting cut, man. We were getting dashed around. We got put in a walk. Like they put all the seasoning, <laughs> all the oils on us and fried us. I can't believe that Pulisic charts. Like the Pulisic charts was absolute madness. If he goes with his right foot, he probably scores. He probably doesn't hit it as cleanly and scores. Like we let them in so many times, and Havertz was causing issues. Um, the Havertz is a little bit sweet because, as you man would know, and a couple of people on Touchline Frackers would know, I was like advocating for Havertz in it, and I was like, you know what? I think he's really so good. So was Chris. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> me, like, me, 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 me and Mark were doing we're doing up Havertz prop for for a while, man. Um, but yeah, yeah like, it's almost it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like he it's almost like he knew we were watching. He was like, "All right, cool. He's take this personally." Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. For a long time, we were saying if you put him in a false nine position and build around him, yeah, he's smart enough and intelligent enough and technically gifted enough that he'll be able to thrive and bring other people in and also be a goal threat, which is what we saw on Sunday. Um, so it wasn't a surprise to me. It was just more of a surprise that happened in that game. Like, we are supposed to be quite solid defensively, but again, I've mentioned several times, I feel like we allow opposition too many opportunities on goal. And for some reason, I don't want to blame Matic, but... Mm, Matic's looking a little scary. There was a couple of times where 
he was out of position. He would go to press and get bypassed. And for me, <laughs> well, he's smiling like a Cheshire cat. Like, but for me, yeah, Matip didn't have his greatest game positionally. I think in terms of duels, he was okay. But when you're playing someone like Havertz, it's not mainly about duels. It's about watching their movement. And as much as he was okay defensively, that watching of movement and trying to track Havertz's runs wasn't the greatest. Um, so I think Pulisic gets off the back of him to get into their goal. I can't remember the other chance that happened within the first 15, was it? Uh, Mount, Mason Mount. Mount. Comes off the back of, Does he come off the back of him or go in front of him and he tries to hold his line and chest it down and Mason Mount probably should finish. Like, it'll suck he on should, his feet. He, 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 he 100% should have scored that. Like, he could have taken another touch. And I understand what yeah. he was trying to do. He was stuck under his feet and he thought, you know what, I have to hit quite quickly. Someone's chasing me or something. But he has to score that. So we ride that and we get over those speed bumps. Then I guess for maybe 10 minutes between the 10th and the 20th minute, Kovacic and Kante were absolutely bopping us. Like Kovacic was all over the pitch. Kovacic was... Again, someone that I liked at, in, sorry, at Real Madrid and at Inter, and I wanted to advocate to come Liverpool, but amazing player, amazing player. Like, he absolutely struggled while he was on the pitch. Um, yeah, then we start getting on top of things. Diaz starts coming into his own and starts becoming dangerous in his own right. That Trent ball that was pitched by Jack Mane was absolutely ridiculous. And I can't mm-hmm. remember the time, but that Trent ball... I think the commentator even said, sometimes you say to defenders, it's way too deep to cross. But with Trent, you just know he can do it. And the arc on that ball, the curve on that ball, that he literally put on a plate for Mane. And Mane of old, or Mane on form even, probably buries that. He might even take a touch, like chest it down and bury it. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be. But looking back on that first 45, I guess, it was just too much of a basketball game for me. And... That is kind of why I was so upset about losing Thiago. Thiago is somebody that would have brought a bit more composure to the midfield, made it tick over a little bit more, taken the sting out of some of their attacks. One thing I really did like from our senior players, shout out Peter, who mentioned this before, was Van Dijk, Fabinho and Matip had a little period where they just completely took the sting out of the game. like They just passed it between themselves and Alisson to just absolutely dead any sort of momentum that Chelsea had. And I remember Peter saying that on, I think, a game where we drew or lost, maybe West Ham where we lost 3-2. We were saying our senior players should probably just do that, take the sting out of the game, like slow the game down and just pass it between yourselves so that you have a bit more ball retention and you can recover. And shout out them lot for doing that because if it wasn't for that, I feel like Chelsea would have been on top of us for a long period of time. Fair, fair, absolutely fair. Um, all right, cool. So, in, other than the money chance, what other chance did we have? Uh, the double money chance? Obviously, you had the cater oh, shot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So, with that, are, are we saying it was just an unlucky finish or just a fantastic save? Like, what route are we going down? Because it bad, it bad finish, good save. I think it's both. I think it's both. I think it's yeah. a good save, but money should lift it slightly. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a little from column A, a little from column B, because that I I don't know if we're going to talk about both goalkeep like just just the standard of goalkeeping in this game uh, in general because wow, you know, both keepers are awesome. Um, 
but yeah, the reactions from Mendy to kind of get that second set was just absolutely unbelievable. Um, wow. But but yeah, like the, the finish could have been w- w- way better um, than, than it was. But, but yeah, man, that, that M- Mendy is ridiculously good. He's he's ridiculously good keeper. Very good keeper. Oh, I, I yeah. can't really put a gender on him at all. Can't believe yeah, they got him for like sixteen million quid. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. It's the fact as well from that from the cater save because of like the way that the ball was shot, he was so flat on the floor as well. So it's not like he's like saved it and he's like getting into position. By the time Mane touches the ball, Mendy is flat across the floor and he still manages. To, I don't know what muscle he uses to get across in it, but like it's yeah, he's crazy. Like I, w- I would not. I would still say Alisson, but I would not begrudge anyone who would say Mendy's in the conversation, in it? I, th- I, th- I don't feel like his distribution is as good as Alisson's. No. No, he's not. 100%. That, that, that's what it is. Uh, but, yeah, in terms of shot stopping and stuff, Mendy's top, man. Great, great player. Quite late, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I never praise Chelsea players, but uh, Mendy's a sick player. All right, so second half. What, what, were, what were you guys anticipating, like... After seeing what you saw in the first half, Yak, what were you thinking for the second half? Like, what did you think the approach was going to be? Did you feel as if we were going to do something similar where we kind of let Chelsea burn themselves out in the first third of the game of that half, sorry, and then we kind of try and counter? Or what were you thinking? I mean, at the time, I wasn't thinking a lot. I was, after that first half, the nerves proper hit me because, like, some of the chances Chelsea were creating, I was thinking that one's going to go in and it's going to be one of them days where Chelsea will sit back and we won't look like scoring. Um, so I'm glad they didn't score because that kept us in the game, I think. Um, but yeah, second half, I, to be honest, I expected to see um, more. I, I know we sort of had more of the ball, I think, at the start of the second half. But we again, when Chelsea got the ball, it wasn't they, they created an attack out of it. Might not have got towards goal, but it was so much more threatening. And it was... Um, I didn't expect that to be honest. I expected us to come out just sort of, I don't know the word, that heavy metal in it. I thought that was, I thought it was the kind of game where I could imagine Klopp being like, look, guys, you're not having this as a ping pong game. Chelsea look like they're going to come out of it on top if we do that. We need to start like pushing everybody up the pitch, including the defenders, and camp out in their half a bit, which we didn't really do throughout the game. Um, so I was a bit surprised actually because it was kind of like more of the same second half. Um, we didn't really click into gear at any point. Some players played well, so yeah, I was I was pretty sure we usually come out after a first half like that. We usually come out storming, and we didn't really. It was a little bit like anticlimactic from us. Yeah. Um, but Chelsea, but Chelsea didn't take advantage. So whatever. Yeah, cool. Now, Chris, what was the vibe like in the stadium? Like, during halftime, what were you feeling? What was everyone else feeling? And then, yeah, what did you see um, from a supporter's point of view in the stadium? Um, Everyone thought halftime came at the worst possible time, to be fair. Um, But we closed out the first half really well. We were on top. We are creating really good chances. Um, You know, kind of expecting the same tempo, the same rhythm, kind of similar to what Yak said, really, the same way that we grew into that first half to come out you know, the exact same game plan in the second. But it, I think everyone kind of was like just, just growing in a little bit, a little bit anxious the way we started that second half again. It was it was quite slow, really lackadaisical, and Chelsea kind of had more command of the ball 
create some good chances as well. So I thought that put people on edge. But again, I, I thought you know it, it was some grown up performances to kind of just put foot on put, put the foot on the ball, control it, play the Liverpool way, get into get into the groove of the game, and again very similar to the first half, grew back into it, and I think everyone was fairly happy from from, from that point of view. Okay, so um, all right, so when we get to midway through the second half, we see a couple of changes. Um, we see Henderson be take off, um, being taken off, sorry, and we saw Cater being taken off as well. Now, for Elliot and um, James Milner, um, I was I was really unhappy, and um, it wasn't because of personnel. It was more the fact that two thirds of our central central midfield just got changed over. Midway, we in the battle. We were in the battle as well. A lot it, in the second half. I, I didn't understand what was going on. Um, and they not neither of them were too tired. Hmm? No, I think they were tiring still. I think you could tell that Chelsea were gonna go into their ascendancy. And for me, when you thrust so going back to what we said about Cater and starting without little warning, when you thrust someone into a game that intense, especially Nabi Cater, you're kind of throwing him to the walls and he could possibly get injured at any point knowing Naby Keita as well especially with the rest of the season that we've got to go on like we well we're hoping to win the title like let's not try and mince that we're hoping to win the title we're doing well in the Champions League and we're hoping to go far in the Champions League we don't want to see a Keita injury when we have in Klopp's mind not in my mind by the way in Klopp's mind an adequate replacement in Milner who's able to come and just do a job in the midfield. I don't think so personally, but that's yeah. what clock means. I think um, it is an absolute mazine that we could bring on a 36-year-old in the 70th minute of a cup final in our midfield. That, that was the mm. maddest thing, you know, the fact that it was 70 minutes because I, I, if it was like 15, 20 minutes before penalties, cool. I get it. Yeah, so, but it was, it. I was feeling never thinking, it was far too early. And especially how you know we were dominating the midfield battle at that point, and the way that Chelsea were going to create those chances were on the break by bypassing the midfield and playing those balls over the top, to which Kaiter and Henderson really got to grips with and kind of stuck, attempted to cut that off its source and really limited that, and it increased as soon as we made those um, other two substitutions. Really, so it, it, in hindsight, it was probably was the best move to do, but in the moment, it really felt like not one hundred percent sure why they're doing it. So. So early, really. I, I yeah. can get I can get with personnel changes, yeah. But I just don't. Yeah. Think you should change the majority of your midfield in one go. I, I yeah. don't agree. I know what you mean by that, though. It's the cohesion. You need to keep that. Yeah. You know, keep that there. Yeah, I think as as well is what like um, what we were saying about like the midfield battle and Kovacic probably being Chelsea's most influential midfielder is that taking. I mean, that's the thing. Bringing on Milner, it's nil-nil. We're not one-nil up. It was nil-nil. We were getting towards sort of where we wanted to be in terms of pinning them back. So if you have to change uh, KR, isn't it got to be for like a, a Jones sort of player? And I thought you're bringing on Milner for KR and then Elliot for um, Hendo, it kind of switched where we were attacking through. And it wasn't, I, I don't know, I, I felt like we should have, if you're going to change one of the midfielders, sort of keep it the same. They changed two of the midfielders and switched the sides we were attacking down. So yeah, I thought it was yeah, that was it very mad. Yeah, that could be by design because again, something cool. that we already conceded was a lot of the focus was on the left hand side, right? 
And then second half, they decide to make the change. And obviously with Elliot now going on that side, it then means there's going to be more focus on the right-hand side. So maybe yeah. they were hoping for Salah to come up with a killer blow or something along those lines, which, again, it's, it's something different. Um, but yeah. He almost I'll, did a few, he, to be fair, he, he almost did a few times, to be fair. He was getting in a lot more. It was just like either the final ball just kind of wasn't there or he'd just get stopped at you know, the, the last point of entry, really. But um, I was checking over those, uh, you know, the most frequently attacked side, and we, we utilised that left-hand side 46% uh, for the game whilst we were attacking. So the over-reliance on that left-hand side was, was very visible. And I guess you could really see why, because we were getting quite behind uh, a fair bit, to be fair, getting a lot of success. I think it's a bit nuts to like. I just want to like get that on wax. We'll get him behind Reese James. Well, we're getting behind every, every anyone can get it. Anybody could get it on that <laughs> left, on that right hand side. You know what I mean? Love to hear it, man. <laughs> I think yeah. as well with like Elliot is as, as much as we all like respect his talent, rate him, and want to fire him in at the deep end, get him because like imagine if he'd scored the winner or something crazy like that. But throwing yeah. in a guy that young and like inexperienced as much as he's experienced for his age compared to everybody else. He's so, even someone like Jones, he's played half the amount of games to throw him in a nil nil against like our kryptonite team is in, in terms of midfield is I thought like that was very brave in it. Like that was very brave because it, 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 he could have been well out of his depth for a win. Obviously that the staff know better than we do. But when it's when I saw Elliot coming on, I thought it could be his moment. But like it's mate, you could drown against that Chelsea midfield so easily, yeah. and you could be a really good player. Like it was brave. And you it know what? Kind of I was paid mentioning off. before, yeah. I feel like Jones was really hard done by. Um, yeah, I feel like he was better suited to this game than Elliot was, especially because ball retention is needed, and Elliot is just coming back off a serious injury. I also feel like he. Like he's had a worldy run of performances in this club competition, isn't it? And if anybody should be coming in for Thiago, it should be the person that is, I guess, most like Thiago in terms of their playing style. And I would liken Jones to, more to Thiago than Elliot to Thiago. Um, so I feel like his skill set would have been used better in that first, say, in that last period. I also feel like Elliot didn't really perform that well, like he was struggling to impose himself on that midfield. And like you said, you can drown against that Chelsea midfield and it felt like he was underwater. Like, there were times where he picked up the ball in nice little areas, but it was a struggle for him. Like It was a real slog. And I feel like Jones would have brought a bit more of that Thiago-esque composure. But Jones is also prone to losing the ball in silly places. I think for this game, he wouldn't have being as lax on the ball as he has in some previous games. But that is, I guess, neither here or there in terms of being able to decide and being able to say for definite. So I guess Klopp went with who he could trust more out of the two. And you know what it is, Mark? I think the moment you limit someone's play, similar to how we're kind of restricting Naby with the way he's playing, you don't get the best out of them. So with Curtis, a safe Curtis isn't a great Curtis. That's not the Curtis I want to see. I like the Curtis that likes to try stuff because ultimately that's where his ability really shines through. When you're telling him to kind of just be a cog that moves the ball about left and right, you end up seeing the same performances you saw at the end of last season where he was kind of just firefighting alongside whoever was playing with him. Um, so maybe for that reason, you know what? 
it is what it is. The, the, him not being there probably made sense. It, it's, I think it's unfair. I, I wish he was on the bench. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but but I, again, I think, the, I think the thing about playing Curtis Jones in in that game as well would have been, I think it's the one, like the one glaring thing he needs to kind of erase from his game now is that little bit of indecisiveness where he doesn't know whether to kind of keep going on with his um with his you know his dribble or his attack or to pass the ball off when he yeah. kind of has that split second hesitation because that's the area, especially in a game like we had on Sunday where it was such a really good high quality contest. That's that's the 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 moment of indecisiveness could really cost you the game. Yeah, yeah, no, agreed. But again, I think that also comes down to coaching, right? And yeah, no, I, I agree. It, it's just something they, they need to work on with him and kind of, when they have him on the pitch, give, give, give him the right, but not even like... It's the risk It's the risk reward of it all, isn't that's it? Really? it. So, that's so, it. So, to say to him, if you find yourself in a really good position where, you know, it's open enough for you, do not hesitate. Just go on and take it. Someone will fill in and take your position if you know you lose it, and then they go on the break. So just yeah, kind of exactly. remove yeah. that hesitation from his mind. Yeah, because if if you notice when Curtis plays with like the B team and when Curtis plays with the A team, he's given way more license to do stuff, and it's like it's it's fucking pointless making him play one way with one team, and then when you actually get him in the first eleven, you completely restrict his game. It's just I I, I don't see anything. I don't I don't get what you're gaining from it. You're, you're not gaining anything. Um, the the best Curtis is one where, where you give him license to roam and kind of trust in his ability. That's just yeah the way I see it. Um, all right, so if we if we're looking at second half, the the best chances you're looking at Mason Mount who hit the um, woodwork. That felt like it went in slow motion, like the 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 way, the way that slowly trickled past the post and then went across goal. I was like fucking hell. And then what else was there? We obviously had um, Salah's chance where he dinked it and it was not exactly cleared from the goal line. But yeah, it was going wide anyway, right? Um, yeah, I think that was going wide. Yeah. yeah. Was, um, from an interview, was there anything else? Diaz had a couple one-on-ones. There was one yes. on his left foot yeah. where he tried to go through Mendy's legs, I think. Um, yeah. I can't remember the other one properly. Then yeah, I that was a chance, know. though. You could see it in Diaz's face. He yeah. was like, that was my moment. He knew. Yeah. Um, and then I guess Marnie's two in it, the double save one. And the, the, the bloody VAR one. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course, yeah. That was rightfully disallowed, in my opinion, anyway. But it was upsetting because if Man said Van then that should stand as a goal because they didn't check for actual foul, they checked for an offside. I still don't know yeah, why that got disallowed, by the way. You don't know well, why because no, he interfered with play. I've not, not watched it back in it, and they didn't say why like okay. in the ground. They just said the air are disallowed. The, the okay. thing is, is like I get it in terms of like looking at the rule book, technically, he interfered with play, it's just more that you feel hard done by because it's never called and like there's a reason why every team in every league in every country has a player stood in the offside position he is always going to be blocking the 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 defender from whoever's Mm. supposed to head the ball every team does it in every league and if the analysts thought it would get disallowed if you scored they wouldn't try it and every team does it 
So that's what I just think's really weird about disallowing it. But like, I get the explanation. I just don't yeah. think it should have been. It was really, yeah. it was re- really, really good move as well. Really well thought. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Chris, you would have missed it in commentary, um, but obviously the, the players were around the ball before it was taken, and um, Neville said something along the lines of, "Ah." Oh, these guys surely know what they're doing. Surely they don't make it up on the spot. Like, because they were all whispering to each other. And he was like, surely they've rehearsed this. They, they wouldn't just make it up. <laughs> and then you see that, then, then that chance is created and Matip scores. And, and yeah, it, it was like, yeah, of course they rehearsed it. Um, so it, it was beautifully done, but obviously that was disallowed. And then Luke, whose goal was disallowed first? Was this in the second half? Lukaku's or Havertz? I think it um, was Havertz. Or was it Lukaku? Lukaku yeah. Havertz was um, extra time. Bro, there were so many Chelsea disallowed goals, man. All those disallowed goals, by the way, the Chelsea ones, if that doesn't dispel the myth of Liverpool's high line being shit, I don't know what does. Yeah, no, no. It, I, I don't think it's ever been shit, though. Sorry, sorry to jump in, Fahim. What's oh. getting me actually black? Fuming is the whole ah oh, Lukaku was not offside. Offside is like the most Bro. objective thing in the sport. We've seen Mane get offside because a hair on his shirt yeah. against Everton was offside. Sleeves, man. He's not badges in the and sleeves in the same like the same matchup. Liverpool Chelsea. They've watched Mason Mount get given offside because the toe was offside. Was it Pulisic or Mount in the Super Cup? They've watched it live all happened and they've accepted it. So why is this Lukaku offside hurting them so much? He was offside. He was offside. There's nothing like to skew the metrics. It's not the fucking Rodri handball where it's objective in that sense. Um, someone that's looked at it and said, you know what, there's not conclusive data. Like the data's there and you can't change the data. He's, he was offside. You know what it is, man. You, with it, I, I can't even be bothered to have VAR discussions anymore. I just accept it for what it is, man. If it, yeah. like because we all get the rub of the green, and sometimes we don't, and sometimes we get screwed over. But I do actually think it kind of evens itself out. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's once you realise that the the error is not with the technology; it's with the people using the technology. Yeah, the Exactly. The application of it is the issue. But from an offside point of view, Mark is completely right. The thing was fucking offside, man. Like, <laughs> uh, what's the argument? Like, you can see, like, they've drawn lines. The lines are there. It, unfortunately, it's offside. It is what I, it is. I saw, I saw the funniest tweet saying, uh, they, they should have given it because, you know, he's a 90 million yeah, pound striker right. struggling for confidence. <laughs> I'm like, fuck off. Not charity, you bastards. Hey, yeah. what are you? MOL, they, that's what they look at, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah. what's the story, oh, right? 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 Oh, Arigi comes on, and then in extra time, we no in is it in extra time? Can yeah, extra time. Kanati comes on as well, which I think was needed. Can, uh, I, can we talk about that Kanati performance, by the way? Because he, he just came on to just he just came on to be a big buddy, and 
he just could not be asked, man. <laughs> so funny. They were just was making like... one. <laughs> he he knew what his job was. He was there to be the buffer in defense, man. He, he was there Literally, to do this because Lukaku was getting a little bit of joy against Matip. Obviously, they all saw him for oh, okay, cool. Right, we'll throw on our big lad. You know what I mean? Well, you know, you know, true Vince McMahon fashion, big man versus big man, isn't it? Like, we'll you know, we'll we'll do what it do. And Canate was just on vibes, man, for the entire exercise. He did his job well, but much like his penalty run up, you could just tell it was um yeah, that penalty was very well, vibes. Like the, <laughs> the, the way he shanked that shot, yeah, it was such a horrible penalty. I oh can't god. Proper so, defenders penalty, man. Yeah, oh. we, right, we'll, we'll get into that. But before we get into that, um, <laughs> right, extra time, yeah, more disallowed goals for Chelsea. Uh, they had two, right? So it was like, um, yeah, it it was Lukaku and it was... It was, um, it was Werner. Nah, no, Werner didn't score. It was Havertz. can't remember. It wasn't, it wasn't Werner. Werner ain't scored shit. There was that, uh, there was that, um, that Lukaku chance... Right at the end as well, where he got in on the front post. Oh yeah, yeah. He should have scored that. Yeah. No, do you know what? Yeah, that's a very hard angle to score from. If he scored yeah. that though, that would have. Nah, been man. A... If you're ninety million pound, you have be scoring yeah. that all angles. You know what I mean? <laughs> true, true. But yeah, be, they better be doing trigger. I want you to figure out how to score from these angles, bro. That's yeah. all. Crossing that much, you need to know how to score those goals, man. <laughs> but man, I, I, even for a lot of the you know Chelsea chances that. I mean, we got to say from both sides, it was a game of really high chances. What was the XG in the end? 3-3. Free, free, um, yeah, something like the contest for, for both both sides. So, just a really good game of football. And even for the, the Chelsea chances that were, you know, um, legal, I thought Kelleher did a fantastic job, man. He yeah, impressed me so much in that game. Just the confidence, the belief in himself. He made one, like, pretty decent double save too. Um, quick reactions. Yeah, it was such a really good, impressive showing. Especially when you got Mendy going bar for bar in the other uh, opposition goal as well, he made gave a really good account of himself. And you know, if if Virgil wasn't the man of the match, I think he was a, a very close second. Yeah, there, there's a pattern appearing in Liverpool Chelsea games where both our keepers seem to be our best players, but there seems to be loads of chances as well. It's it's weird, isn't it? No one seems to play like really well individually, but both teams seem to cut each other open. I don't know. It's weird. They're horrible matches, horrible matches at the moment. They're really good games for the neutral, but terrible for yeah. fans yeah. of both teams. Yeah, I, I just felt like this game, man. So, all right, extra time, Liverpool didn't get up to much, so we're not even going to discuss it. Um, it no, we just... were knackered, man. Like, right. the second half of extra time, we were just... Yeah, we, we, were, we, we weren't getting anywhere. But at this point, I'm looking at my clock. And I'm like, yo, I've got shit to do, man. This game is going on for far too long. Let's have a quick 5-4 penalty shootout and let's get it over and done with. So, when it got to pens, Mark, were you optimistic that we would see it through? Um, when you saw Kepa, the keeper, come on, um, shot stopper, uh, the king of the pens, they say, in, um, <laughs> in West that guy, That guy is a diabolical shit out, man. What were you thinking, Mark, when, you, when, when we got to pens? I thought it was written in the stars that Kepa was going to have a fuck-up. I wasn't expecting that level of fuck-up. But I was thinking, you know what? Kelleher is a good penalty saver himself. Um, and he's... I think the stat is he's won the most penalty shootouts as a Liverpool player now. Um, so I thought, you know what? 
Kelleher might save a couple. They've got Lukaku in there who might take one. I think Lukaku's going to miss. They've got Werner who probably will take one as well in the five anyway. And he's probably going to miss. Um, so I thought, you know what, we'll be okay. Then it started to go in. Like every single penalty started to go in. And I was like, fuck, like who's going to miss now? We started getting towards Robbo. And I thought, nah, Robbo's going to blast over the bar. Like it started really, really getting to my nerves. Like, what did you guys think? Yak, go for it. What, what, what were you thinking with, with, with the pens? Um, my personal fave has to be Fabinho's. I thought that was just fucking... Oh, that was yeah, 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 yeah. You can never beat a Paneka, but I think... Um, like, thinking about it, I'll just think about it for the last few seconds then. Like, is there a team with a better five penalty takers in football than us? I was thinking about that yesterday too, and I don't think there is. Milner, Fab, Salah... Trent. Trent, who fucking smashes it the side now. Even the, 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 the bollocks on Virgil to play. Oh, to even our, even our centre-backs. Yeah. Bro, he saw Kepa on one side of the goal and he was like, fuck it, I'm still going to hit it there. He smashed it at his head. He didn't get <laughs> He kept one side of the goal completely open. And Virgil still went to his side. It, it was mad. Yeah. And yeah, so <laughs> I don't I listen, I, I know that we've got um obviously the, the set piece team um, working for us and they're doing a great job and they, they would have passed on instructions and told them exactly where to shoot. But yo, the the, the main thing was getting the the shot on target. They did that and ultimately just ignoring the opposition keeper. They just ignored him every single time. They didn't let him get into their heads. They didn't look at him. They just focused on the ball. And that's the main thing. Focus on the ball. Don't look at the man on the line dancing or anything like that. Just, just do your thing. And the main thing is we did that. And Can I quickly was- mention something about that? So um, yeah. I saw these tweets today. So two tweets. Um, one was one of the best things that Kepper did. So one of the best things that Kelleher did, yeah, to stop Kepper playing with the ball was every single time he rolled it out to the penalty spot after... They had taken a so after Chelsea had taken a pen, so it stops Kepper from that like, doing all his shit housey with the ball, taking the ball to the kick taker and so on and so forth. And then also Milner waited outside of the area or like further back until Kepper was on his line before actually going to take his penalty, which was the first penalty. Um and he done that because Kepper does that shit housey where he takes a bit too long and so on yeah. and so forth. Wanted to keep himself like I guess, level-headed, he was able to do that. Also, he won the first toss to shoot to the cop end, say the Liverpool end. He won the second toss to shoot first and then he buries his penalty in it. That's a, a great captain, a great like leadership trait, I guess, just to have that bollocks to be able to do all of that. Yeah, now, now M- Millie did... Um... Did well with the coin toss and all that kind of shit. Um, even though it's 50 50, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Fucking great job with that. Um, but yeah, what with the two points that you raised, number one is a bollocks point, by the way, because I saw Kepa do the exact same thing to Chelsea. Um, but not the same thing, though, innit? So, like, hmm? he probably had the same mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Again, it was instruction. It was definitely instructed, but it wasn't like Kelleher did that just by, like, yeah, they both did that. Because I, I watched the penalty shootout back. Because I was like, okay, let, let, let me watch this again. And um, Kepa did the exact same thing. The second point that you're making is very true. I noticed with all of our players, they made sure 
Kepa was basically ready and on the line before they placed the ball. They didn't let him waste their time. And I, again, that makes a big difference um, in, in terms of kind of being ready to take your shot. So, yeah, that, that helped massively. Um, were there anyone, was there anyone that was going up for a pen and you were like, oh, shit, he's going to miss? Canate for us. <laughs> so, so you're yeah, Mark? Robo, 100%. Um, I thought Elliot would possibly miss. Same. I thought Trent would miss because of the narrative, like Trent missing a big penalty in the agenda that would run with it. I thought Salah could miss, and I should never have doubted Salah, but it was just more again the narrative of misses the penalty. I was shook. I won't lie to you. I was shook the whole way through. I was just um, more panic, man. I was like, oh, <laughs> not, not, not don't miss because of the game. Don't miss because Anik will not shut up about it, man. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> That's a nasty guy, man. Bro, we're also discussed that, you know about him than the opposition. That says it all, man. He's yeah, got man, that nasty that nasty guy avoided coming on the pod yet again, you know. <laughs> He's a two weeks running. Hopefully. Is he gonna be on the pod on Tuesday? Bro, Mark bro. it down. Bro, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to like flog him in the streets like they did Gaddafi still. Um <laughs> Even like people like they did Cersei still shame, shame, shame. shame. <laughs> we're gonna Listen, have to do that. We're gonna have to do that at our trophy parade. So. No, that's it. I'm gonna tell everyone in the trophy parade, like, oh, this shame. is what he's by the way. This guy doesn't even support Liverpool, he's an Evertonian. He's a Chelsea fan, don't know why he's here. Yeah, just, just, just get him like that. But um, yeah, all right. So yeah, my, my pens, I, I I was worried that Salah would miss. I was worried that Harvey Elliott would miss. And Kanati, fucking hell. That bloke had, that kid had no confidence running up for that pen, man. The way, like, he's so awkward because he's obviously, like, fucking tonk, yeah? And, like, you know, like, wh- wh- when you've got that stature, there's a confidence, a swagger you have about yourself when you walk. He didn't have that at all. He was just like this, just walking slowly. I was like, oh, my God. And then, oh. you know, set up for the pen the angle that you create for yourself he yeah. had no angle i was like what is he gonna do there was only one way he could go it was it was a good oh, visual of seeing what ellis would be like taking the penalty i'll tell you what it is wow. is kanate watches too much anime because he was like stood there and he thought he could just like charge up and just like, <laughs> yeah brother thought he could naruto run to the penalty yeah like, yeah like that. that was like, yeah that was the nerdiest penalty <laughs> I've ever seen. Create, an angle, man. create an angle like you're showing <laughs> yeah. this guy right now he knows exactly where you're gonna go and he did know exactly where he was gonna go you just didn't get a strong enough hand to it. Um, but yeah. I, I, and kinda, then- I do kind of like the, the idea of like just standing there and sprinting. But like you say, if you haven't created the angle, you're not really gaining an advantage. <laughs> I, I he's, not, he's not technically gifted. Like certain people could do that. So like the Wayne Rooney's of this world, the Trent's of this world, I guess maybe even the KDB's of this world could like shorten the angle so much and still whip it into the left yeah, yeah. as a right footed player. Normally, left-footed players are able to do that quite frequently because I don't know why left-footed players are just fucking gifted. They cause gift on this earth, I guess. But he's not able to do that. And he should have probably just done a straight run-up and allowed him to... Well, I can't say he should have because he scored. But a straight run-up would have given him more of a scope of what to hit. 
it, it was the weirdest run-up. And then obviously we've got to discuss Kelleher's pen, that that was the match-winning pen after um, that tosser misses, um, which we're going to get into <laughs> next. Kelleher, yeah, man, he, he, he was confident. He 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 was there for ten pens of Chelsea's or eleven pens of Chelsea's. Didn't save one. Came close to about three of them. Um, who did he come close to? Those those three definitely he was close to saving. It was Werner that he was close to? Yeah, uh, um, I was in I was in my hating I was in my hating bag so much when that guy ran and said that penalty. I was like, ah, right, you fat bastard! I know you're gonna miss this. Come on, man, let's go. Let's do this. Chris is going to talk about him not liking the crowd and him not liking loud noises. <laughs> you, you, you know exactly the agenda I was going to put out as well. You know what, yeah. Kelly should, oh, have, just my ears. Kelly should have just stood by the spot and screamed, bang. <laughs> Honestly, oh. I'm like, like, Chris is ready for this one, man. He's dying. Because he was one of those... Because Aaron was absolutely superb during those penalties as well. Like when Chelsea players were going up, Volume went straight up. Um, you know, it's good. You know, I, th- I thought our players were just fantastic. You know, every penalty they slide in, no gene up the end, getting everyone riled up. And that, uh, one of them, one of those one penalties, the end was just like so loud. I was thinking, all right, cool. Yeah, that everyone knows about his ears, you know, get his senses in over. He's gonna miss it now. It was actually, it was a decent penalty. So I was like, right. I'm not lying. I'm not gonna lie. I'm surprised you didn't shout out to the crowd. Yo, guys, stop booing. He he can't handle loud noises. <laughs> you're, you're that kind of guy, man. Um, but yeah, Kelleher obviously scores um, his pen, and then it's down to Kepper, the keeper. Um, yeah, I I wasn't expecting what I ended up seeing. Um, Yak, what what were you expecting when Kepper stepped up? Do you know what? Oh, I thought. It was going to go back round again. I thought, you know what? If there's one thing Kepa's all right at, it's probably kicking a ball. Apparently not. But yeah, I think he forgot where he was. I think he thought he, he was watching the Super Bowl in his head again. And he thought, you know what? If I kick this as high as I can, I might get an extra point. But he, <laughs> the run-up, I was so confused. And I, I watched the, in, you know, the inside Anfield videos that they do in that. Yeah. I was watching yeah. that. And from the other angle, I think what he tries to do, because you know how Kelleher no looked it. He done he done the Diaz Bobby Firmino no look. He did he, when you watch it again, he no looks it. And oh. I think Kepa tries to do that in like a bit of because obviously Keller Kelleher walks past him, like quite close to him, and that just stares past him, gives it the big one. I think Kepa was thinking, you know, if you want to I can put it at top bins. And I think he just completely forgot that you've got a hit the ball in, in a certain way to do it. And I think he just got well overconfident and just foot under the ball over the top. But yeah, I genuinely think he was trying to cop. If you look, they both kind of look away when they both take it. So I think he yeah. just, he yeah, got too ballsy. You know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, I saw somebody saying, I saw somebody say, yeah, the fourth official's face or one of the official's face, yeah. And he was laughing. And they were yeah. like, oh yeah, the officials are against us. That yeah, was the funniest Bro, they were saying it was a big conspiracy. Bro, they were saying it was a big conspiracy like Jay Huss. But nah, man, your keeper was just shit. So everyone was laughing at him. Honestly, <laughs> like, it's, that's all it is. It was a shit penalty. Like, the only other penalty I've seen that's half as bad is the Zaza penalty, where he does that little stutter step and blasts it over. Other than that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kepper literally walked up to it and smashed it over the bars. Like, there was no composure, there was no tact, there was no nothing. He literally just wellied it. 
Do you know what I find so weird about it as well is that when all of our players saw Mendy running off the pitch clapping, they must have all been like, what is their manager doing? Like this 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 geezer's just had a ten out of ten. That must have boosted their confidence so much because they must like there's a reason why Kepa that that he's more expensive than Allison. There's a reason why he doesn't play. It's not because he's an amazing keeper. So when they saw that, they must have been so much more like I don't know. Like it, it, I just cannot get my head around that decision. It's not like oh yeah, he saved some penalties before, but if Mendy was playing in those games, I'm sure he would have as well. It's I'm so baffled. I'm it's still baffled as well. Like we we all literally saw Mendy be the winning goalkeeper in a in the Afcon final. Yeah, so he's been there and done it. It's not like I don't know, you know, too sure might be racism with him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, you know what Tuchel looks like. I just hey, don't. He look, looks very, look very. There's, there's a PSG incident that's going under the radar that Tuchel yeah, involved in. Trust that. me. Mm. Speak, speaking of which, their fan, their fan base can rest in oh, peace. I don't. Yeah, their I fan base awful. is the shit, man. I got, I got the final laugh, man. You can call me whatever, whatever you want. I got the final laugh. You know what I mean. Yeah, no, nah, they're there. I really don't like them, man. Yeah, no, it's, really it's like them. Them. Obviously, there, there were loads of reports. Obviously, you you um, received some abuse, and um, a load of other Liverpool fans received some abuse from Chelsea fans, which is sad. But they are pieces of shit, and there's a reason why we absolutely hate um, white Chelsea fans in particular. Um, yeah. Absolute cunts. Um, yeah, they can definitely rest in piss. So, yeah. okay, so we've got a few minutes left of the pod. Um, one trophy down. Um, who's confident for another one this season? Another three, another three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Another, yeah, yeah. Another three. Okay. All right. Yeah. Talk to me. Um, you you think we can actually do the quadruple? I think we're a few games away from the FA Cup. We're a few games away from the Champions League, and we were a big game at the Etihad away. So. It's very easily lost, but we're not that far away in all of them. We're not that far away. And I feel like the narrative's kind of on our side now. And when it is, that's that I feel I feel more confident. People are starting to look a little bit at City and go, Oh, actually Liverpool might do it. And yeah, I've I think the wind's blowing in our direction, hundred percent. What about you, Mark? Um you know, fuck it, man. Yak said it. Yak said it. I was going to go three in it, but Yak said it. I'm going to say it four, man. I think, like he said, we're a big game away at the Etihad. Um, everything is in our hands, essentially. Like, cup matches, you win your the games in front of you. Don't worry about anyone else. In the premise, essentially that now. Win all the games that we have in front of us. Better Man City's results and we win the league. It's obviously a lot harder said than done. But I believe in these lads. I feel like there's so many reasons. And I went on the main pod a couple of times. I was going to outline outline all those reasons. But there's so many. Like, we've gone over our January hump, where we normally tend not to pick up results. Um, We've gone away from... So, City have had a 13-game run, and we've still been in touch with them. 13-game winning run, sorry. And we've still been in touch with them. Um, We've got a lot of players back from injury. Everything seems to be falling in our favour. And now we've got the addition of, I was going to say an unknown prior to this, but the addition of somebody who I would say is a maverick in Diaz, who looks like he can contribute, who looks like he can offer something to get us through the end of the season. So why not? Like We look so strong even without Diaz. 
and now we've added Diaz, and Diaz looks way better than I ever thought. So that guy is amazing, man. I, I, he was just so when the ball was at his feet, he was absolutely electric, and yeah, um, scouting teams done absolutely done it again with Diaz. Um, league, keep it one, you know, one game at a time. All we gotta do is keep winning. Keep keep applying the pressure like we've been doing, and take it from there. Really, um, you know, tomorrow. Well, I guess tonight when when the pods are going out, another big game against Norwich. I'm not entirely sure who's going to play because we, you know, went extra time and penalties. But um, keep going in the FA Cup. Keep racking up as many as we can. Get the job done next week against Inter Milan as well, and just keep keep pushing, baby. But um, just just having this trophy now for spur them on to do what they need to do for the rest of the season and we can all see the collective aim even the stuff from Trent just saying one of four one down four to go Salah what you know we've got to keep going the mentality from the boys is absolutely spot on and it's crazy to think that we actually doubted them earlier in the season Um, and boy they've they've, they've really proved us wrong But, but yeah man I think we're looking good we're looking hungry and we're looking like we want to really prove people wrong Jermaine Beckford you dickhead um so, so yeah, man, I'm 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 really excited, um, and it's just going to be an occasion when, when Liverpool play every single time this season, and you know, hopefully, we can bring home the other three trophies that we're involved in. What about you, Fahi? What 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 are your expectations? Um, I, I've always said we're going to get to the CL final, so my expectation was, um, if anything, the Champions League. So I'm still going to go with the Champions League, but yeah. Mate, I, momentum is huge. Momentum is a massive thing. And again, availability is really important as well. So it all depends on the squad. It all depends on who can stay fit. If fucking number six can stay fit, that will help a lot. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to I'm gonna say the Champions League. I, I, I really think we're going to win that. Um, I'm more than happy with the double. Put in a cheeky little FA Cup. I, I, I don't mind the domestic cups this season. That nice little trophy parade with the domestic cups and the Champions League will be cool. Um, yeah, that, that's all I'm going to say. Prem, I, yeah, I'm not saying anything about the Prem yet. Let, let's get past West Ham, and I'll I'll make another prediction. Um, yeah, I'm still a bit shook, little bit shook. Yeah, man, Pre- Prem is just one game at a time, and you know, yeah. see, see what we got to do. So all things on that game of the Etihad, but we're, we're, we're a little bit away from that, and you know anything can happen to that point. Um, just a few extra things from from from, from the game. Uh, uh, the, the amount of piss that was boiling over us booing the national anthem for very just causes brought me so much joy. Um, that video of that fat bastard uh, complaining saying that there were Chelsea were robbed <laughs> that also brought me lots of joy. So, so someone in the comments, calm down. don't tell me to calm down. <laughs> so, someone in the comments of that said Henry Henry the Eighth is absolutely fuming. So that was, uh, that was brilliant <laughs> content. <laughs> that fat pig. Um, where to Fahi? Um, and and yeah, uh, Dua Lipa, one kiss. Whenever we win a trophy, oh, absolutely bangs. I, I, mate, I, I was I was loving it, man. And you know that and all of the lights have to be continuous whenever Liverpool, you know, achieve yeah. greatness because you know it's synonymous with greatness as it is. So so yeah, man. Uh, great great weekend for me. Great weekend for everyone involved for, for Liverpool. Um, of course, we will be back with the post match show uh, tonight if you are listening uh, for the Norwich game and we'll have all the build up to the West Ham stuff and the Inter Milan stuff for next week but that's been your trophy winning edition of Cop and Fracas um, I've been your host Chris with 
uh, my other host, Fahi, and of course joined by Yak and Mark. Do subscribe to the Patreon page, uh, the link is in the bio, and be on the lookout for all the other weird and wonderful content from around the Touchline Media Group multiverse, as it is now. Um, and thank you very much for listening, and we will see you soon. Peace. Network.